Hello and welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I'm one of your co- Fuck, wow, that was quick. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. I'm one of your co-hosts, Orwin Heller. <laughs> fuck off. Oh, man, man. It is a, it's a little bit later than we usually do this. It's 9 p.m. here on the East Coast. East Coast? East Coast. Jesus, man. Um, Corwin and I have had long weekends, man. This is going to be another short one because we both have to stop trying to function today. So we're going to finish up the um, uh, back 16 of the um, the first round of the NFL draft in preparation of the actual NFL draft that will be happening starting this Thursday. Um so we won't have a media reaction to the first round since our next episode will drop on Thursday, but we'll have full draft, um, I guess, reaction, analysis, whatever we feel like calling that term um, for next Monday's episode. But that is for next Monday. Today, we must finish out Corwin's ideals and um, prescriptions of players towards others' teams. So prescriptions, I think that I think it, I think it works there. I'm prescribing these players to these teams. Hey, this will fix your problem. You know what? The more we talk about it, the better it gets. So that's because, like, I was gonna say prescriptions, and then I that's why I paused. But I was like, does it make sense? And then I decided that it did for that exact reason. So, yes, yeah. yeah. Actually, anyway. speaking speaking of back sixteen, Josh had his story time before we started recording. Uh, I didn't get to talk about mine uh, i played golf yesterday oh nice it was my first time breaking 100 it was a great day for corwin broke my putter on like that 13th hole Oof. hit like a 20 footer uphill beautiful curving shot threw it in celebration and it shattered oh god it just like the head snapped right off and it was like uh i want to be upset because that's so fucking stupid why would i do that but i was still riding that adrenaline high of making that putt so oh at least you didn't like break a cherished club because you missed a putt by smacking it against all of your other clubs like greg yeah i've witnessed it it's happened yeah that's okay yep so let's get started (laughs) let's uh let's get started yeah. Where are we? We went through 16. Micah Parsons just went to the Arizona Cardinals. So we're here at the 17th pick. Do you want to do a run through of the first 16? Or do you want to just. Yeah, yeah give, give, it, no, you know, give it to me real quick. All right. No trades in this draft. So if you are curious, these teams are in order one through 16, starting with Jacksonville, finishing with Arizona. And the order is Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, all quarterbacks. Jamar Chase, wide receiver. Penai Sewell, offensive tackle. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver. Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle. Caleb Farley, cornerback. Patrick Sert, nope, J.C. Horn, cornerback. My bad, guys. Kyle Pitts, tight end. Devonta Smith, wide receiver. Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle. Now, Patrick Sertan Jr. and Mac Jones, Micah Parsons rounding it out. Probably not the smoothest way to do that, but it's too late to go back and do it again. So, 
17th pick, Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders are on the clock. Um, last offseason, they tried real hard to fix their middle defense with some linebacker siding, signings, I should say. Uh, I believe it was Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't care enough to double check. I realize my camera's tilted incorrectly. So to solve their problem, they're going with the best cover linebacker in this draft, a guy who's going to come in and be able to play all over the field, just absolute dynamic range, dynamic player. Micah Parsons, he's your run-stopping, blitzing linebacker. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame, is your coverage. Nickelback, almost safety hybrid, just movement linebacker. So I think he'll come in. I think he'll play some serious snaps for them, and I think he'll be a – I almost said cornerstone. He's not the corner. He's the keystone. He's the man locking down the middle. Um, one of my favorite players to go in the middle part of this draft here. Next up, we have the 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins. They are going with their second pick here in the first round. They punter, took... punter, take a punter. Okay, I don't know any punters in this draft, so they're going with punt, punterston, punter out of Punt University, 18th overall. But they took Penai Sewell, offensive tackle out of Oregon. Not too shabby protecting Tua. I'd like to see them go after some offensive weapons here. Get him a, a, a top-tier wide receiver. Get him a top-tier tight end in Kyle Pitts if they can. Hey, if you know they trade back, maybe go after a top-tier running back if they don't think Miles Gaskin is the answer, which I don't think they will. That being said, this is just it's a tough no man no man's land here where I don't think they'd reach this high for a guy like Rashawn Bateman or Najee Harris. So I have them going with the top edge rusher on the board, Quiddy Pay, edge out of Michigan. He's the first edge rusher to go in this draft. Uber athletic. Max potential here is going to need a little time to really get up to NFL speed, isolate some of that technique down. Miami Dolphins have the time. So I have him going here to the Dolphins. Quitty pay. Okay. Uh, 19. Next up, we have the Washington. <laughs> this website has Washington as Washington, Washington. <laughs> That's the funniest fucking thing I didn't notice. through The Washington, the Washingtons. Thing. I Washington, love that. Washington, Washington. <laughs> Um, they're stealing my pick for the Steelers here. Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State. Uh, primarily a right tackle. I think that's where his fit's gonna uh, really get locked in. I do think Washington will move him to the left side. But I think he is uh, arguably the best run-blocking offensive lineman in this draft. Absolute animal in that regard. I think without a quarterback there in Washington, they do have Antonio Gibson there, so... I think this would be a nice fit, especially after losing um, Trent Williams last year to uh, the trade to the 49ers. Uh, retools this offensive line. Another guy that I love in this first round, middle middle area here. Um, Washington, Washington. Good pick. Washington, Washington's. 20th overall, we have the Chicago Bears. 
in a perfect position to do absolutely nothing absolutely real to make that team nothing. fucking better. Absolutely. I mean, they need a quarterback. Five of them have already been taken. You have the 20th pick. Do you want take to take Mac the Jones. sixth quarterback? Mac take Jones Mac Jones. Oh, he's, he's already gone. gone. Yeah. They'd have to go for like Kellen Mond or Davis Mills or Kyle Trask. Have you heard any of those names before? I think Kyle Trask sounds familiar. Yeah, that makes the most sense. He was uh, he was pretty good for Florida this year. He's had the most buzz. But at the end of the day, not franchise cornerstones. I want to take 20th overall. Nope. That being said, I do fully expect Allen Robinson to get the fuck out of Dodge when his contract is up after next year, having just signed the uh, franchise tag. Boy, I don't think that. Uh... Oh, man. Darnell Mooney and Anthony something. I forget his set last name. Those aren't the guys you want being the cornerstones for your receiving core when you do bring in a new quarterback. So I have them going Rashad Bateman here, wide receiver out of Minnesota. X guy who could be a number one in the NFL has the ability. Chicago, give him a year to learn, learn under Allen Robinson. Then when he inevitably leaves because you've ruined the prime of his career, you have your replacement. 21, Indianapolis Colts. And a nice sweet spot for them where, hey, they don't have a lot of holes to fill. There's plenty of guys here that they can take and would fill roles for them. And I think the biggest thing for them is, hey, we're going to be working towards, you know, keeping Carson Wentz upright. He is the worst quarterback in the NFL under pressure. That is what we saw last year. That's what caused this collapse from MVP candidate to getting traded to get replaced by a second-round pick after two starts. A start? Who fucking knows? So I have them going with the top offensive lineman here on the board. Elijah Vera Tucker, if I am mispronouncing her first name, I'm sorry. It is confusing. I am not good with it. Probably play guard for them. Opposite side of Quentin Nelson, be their right guard. I think that is an excellent starting piece for them with the maneuverability, the the adaptability to play tackle if needed. Keep Carson once upright. Feed Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a A-plus layup pick. That's just an easy make for them. Okay. Next up at 22, the Tennessee Titans. There's a couple different ways they can go here. They're going to be pounding the rock on the ground with Derrick Henry. They already have A.J. Brown there at receiver. Behind him, they don't have much, but they also don't have much in the way of cornerbacks right now, and there's going to be wide receivers there in the second. So take Greg Newsom the second, the last first-round cornerback that I would see, uh, see as a possibility for them out of Northwestern. Lock down that defense. The offense is fine. They'll take care of their own. Make the team better. And now we have pick 23. The New York football Jets. Josh, we went Zach Wilson at two. We talked about that. What are your thoughts here at 23? So, in my heart, I would like another offensive lineman. However, the Jets have many issues to address. 
Unfortunately, they are still in a better overall position this year versus last year. But if we're not going to take an edge guy, or we could, we, I should say, we, sh- we can avoid taking an edge guy this high if we felt like since we had our big free agent acquisition at that position. We have a hopefully improving Who's offensive line. Um, the guy from the Bengals. Oh, uh, Bowser? Tyus Bowser? Oh, no, I don't think that... Was that it? That may, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I feel mentally confident enough in that one, but he's the only I, prominent edge rusher I could think leaving the Ravens. No, Cincinnati. Oh, Carl Lawson. That was it, Carl Lawson. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I um, I I'm I'm not present enough to be able to recall a name. So yeah. Anyway, corner. Or the secondary, I think, is the only main group of position. Oh, I'm wide receiver. Um, that I would think twentieth over twenty third overall is is potentially worth taking a pick at. Um, but I'm curious to hear what you have for us here. Man, I just I wanted to go so many different ways. Offensive line, we always talk about it. One of the foundational pieces. There really isn't anyone here at twenty three after Vera Tucker, after Tevin Jenkins go, that would make sense, especially when you have so many needs and so many other ways you can go here. Cornerback, same way. Yeah, there's there could be guys that I would take, like Newsom is a guy that could fall to 23 that I think would you know be a good player for the Jets. Wide receiver, we've seen it every year. There's so much talent that falls to the second round you don't really need to push for it early. Uh, Trayvon Mooring, I think is how you pronounce his name, safety out of um, uh, TCU. I think if you do go secondary, if you do go safety, hey, that's another good option for you. I I just don't see the Jets going safety in the first round at, at 23 when you have former number one overall recruit Jalen Phillips, edge rusher out of Miami right there on the board. A guy who's been, you know, uber athletic his entire career. That's been his calling card for his entire career. Number one overall prospect coming out of high school. Signs with hometown UCLA. Is hurt. Doesn't, you know, have the best footing there. Decides, hey, we're going to transfer to Miami. We're going to play for a team that's going to, you know, push for an ACC spot push for that championship. We're going to try and contend. They had a lot going on there under Manny Diaz at Miami and shows up. You know, he has a really great year. Gregory Russo was the guy talked about in Miami coming into the draft as, hey, that's Miami's edge rusher. That's going to be the guy. He's going to be a top 10 pick. It's not great at rushing the passer. So Jalen Phillips, you know, he stood up, took that weight and, um, He's looking like a a really good prospect with a lot of potential. You know, obviously, second uh, edge rusher is taken at 23 overall, so this isn't a great year. But he's a guy who's going to have that bend, who's going to have that athleticism, who's going to be able to rush the passer. And we talk about it a bunch, you know. When was the last time the Jets had a premier edge rusher? Jonathan Abraham. That was a long time ago. I don't remember ever watching him on TV. Fucking like 05, 06. Yep, that's before my time. So they got Carl Lawson. He's not, you know, a 1A kind of guy. 
you get yourself Jalen Phillips, you get yourself Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson could unlock something and take that step up. Jalen Phillips can unlock something and take that step up. At the end of the day, worst case scenario, you have two B-level pass rushers. That's a hell of a lot better than the Jets have had. And I think both going for that home run while also having a safe, you know, safety net underneath for potential. I think Jalen Phillips is a, a good fit here. I mean, you're right. This is another good way that also helps take pressure off the secondary, which this might be a quicker route to go about doing it because depending on how you want to look at it, mm-hmm. let's say you take a cornerback, but the quarterback doesn't face enough pressure. So the quarterback still has enough time to make the throws. Well, then you only have one side of your mm-hmm. field shut down. Marcus may can only do so much as a safety and you're still going to be weak either underneath or on the other side of the field. Can only shadow a guy at, at, as a cornerback for so long before he gets and, base. And then there's that too, you know, I mean, at some point, the longer the quarterback holds the ball competently, the more benefit goes towards the wide receiver. Um, and so for the Jets to actually have a competent pass rush, potentially from both sides of the line. Oh my God. I, I mean, I can't think of the last time we had actual threats on both sides. The closest we came was to having whoever was on the left side of the defensive line um, and Jamal Adams sometimes going up the right. Like, and that's not good. I mean, so. this that's the start for a strong defensive line. Carl Lawson, Quinn and Williams, Jalen Phillips, all rushing the passer. Those guys are going to get home and get pressure more often than not. That's going to be a good foundational piece for a Robert Sala-led defense that wants to get after the, the quarterback. You know what? This might be a good forward-thinking move in terms of how much jets the jets have allowed mobile quarterbacks to fuck them mm-hmm. because if you if we have a better capability of really you know setting a pocket um or, or um cutting off like the gaps in the i don't know what you'd really call, uh, setting the Time edge there. what's up i just fucking spilled my beer god damn it everywhere Uh, now that we're back post beer fuck up <laughs> um anyway um yeah I, I think this could be a good move because the the um AFC East Jesus Christ um <laughs> I think in order to compete in the division as it stands right now you're gonna have to deal with a couple mobile or should be relatively mobile quarterbacks between Josh Allen I guess Cam Newton, and I'm not really sure to attack about Lowe's game since I didn't really see him much, but I would assume that the hope is that he'll be an athletic guy, and if you're going to compete in that division, you're going to need to be able to actually stop those dudes from fucking running, and I can tell you for certain the Jets have not been able to do that, and not even against just the agile quarterbacks. The Jets aren't able to do that against fucking slow old men quarterbacks. So to have the ability to at least be relatively more competent in stopping that type of game would be huge for us. Absolutely. So good pick for them. I like uh, I like Jalen Phillips. I think he's going to do good things. And the Jets don't snag a, a need for the Steelers. So that is something that it, we're going to have to watch very closely because if the Jets do steal a, a Tevin Jenkins, so to speak, um, that, that next podcast is going to be a stressful. It's going to be a tense one. Well, let's talk about some Steelers. Hey, the Steelers are up with pick 24, and Tevin Jenkins is off the board. I don't know if you've been able to pick up on this yet, but he's the guy I want the Steelers to take. 
and it's not even close to the rest of the options. Supposedly, the rumor going through the mill at the moment is that there are three guys the Steelers are locked in on to take. Um, We have Tevin Jenkins, of course, Najee Harris, or uh, Landon... Fuck, what's his goddamn name? Uh, Landon Dickinson, um, center out of Alabama. His medicals are scaring a lot of teams off, so I don't necessarily think the Steelers would be risking that in the first round so with Tevin Jenkins off the board I'm giving them Najee Harris mostly as a talking point partially because I I truly can't say I'd be upset if we won Harris here I, it's not the team building pick that I would want I don't think this is the correct choice long term I think the issues the Steelers have had running the ball is not necessarily the fault of the running backs as much as it's been a decline in the offensive line, both the guys that were there and were healthy, the guys that were hurt and weren't playing up to their full potential and guys that were just getting worse with age. Um, We're going to be having a, a very mismatched offensive line again next season. There's a lot of holes to fill. I don't want to have to wait 31 picks to go after an offensive lineman if we do take running back here. I think the quote-unquote opportunity cost of grabbing a guy like Jenkins here versus getting a running back now, getting a guy like Najee Harris, who's a true you know, dynamic running back, a guy who can run between the tackles, can burst outside, can catch the ball, can catch and make plays, make guys miss. And he's a hell of a blocker, you know, for all things considered, you know, for the benchmark you want out of guys coming out of college, he can get the job done. So he's a complete back in the truest sense of the word. I just, we talk about it all the time. We've brought it up through the rest of this mock draft. Teams are built on the foundational pieces that they have along the offensive and defensive line. The Steelers don't have any foundational pieces on the offensive line. They have David DeCastro. They have Dotson, who are both very good guards. At the end of the day, they're still missing three key pieces and have three major question marks. This doesn't fix that. This just kind of alleviates the problem without solving the underlying causes. Um, so I won't hate it. I don't love it. It's not the way I want to see them go. Someone please don't steal Tevin Jenkins because he's kind of the, the last one in that tier of guys. And boy, I just don't see, I just don't see him or see anyone uh, close to that range. And I just don't see him falling either. So time to move on. All right. Pick number 25. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars with their second pick. They took Trevor Lawrence one overall. That's an easy pick to make. Pick number two, it's hard to say. You know, they, in your mind, you want to have a strong offense around Lawrence to give him, you know, a good field to work with. At wide receiver, they have DJ Chark. They have LaVisca Chenault, both good young players. They brought in Marvin Jones as a boundary guy for them. Have that veteran presence. 
there's no tight end you would really take here at 25. I mean, Pat Fryermuth is a reach here for sure, sure, but he's the only one even worthy of a, a second round grade, in my opinion. Offensive line, there's guys that you can take. I don't necessarily think there's any here that are worthy of this 25th overall pick. And that's, you know, they have James Robinson at running back, who's an undrafted free agent going into his second year. Yeah, you could get a Travis Etienne, match him up with his college quarterback, or you can save a lot of money running James Robinson out there who had a stupid amount of scrimmage yards last year, let all all rookies, I believe, by the end of the year. I know he missed a couple games, but regardless, he's so cost-controlled for the next you know three years, you don't really want to replace him with a first-round running back, so... They're going defense. Their biggest hole on defense is their defensive line. Christian Barmore is here. Barrymore uh, from Alabama. Defensive tackles here. He's kind of the guy that fits in perfectly for what they're trying to do and the hole that they need filled. It's not a sexy pick, but hey, you got Trevor Lawrence, who's quite literally a sexy pick there at number one overall. Sexy That's there the for the flash. Exactly. I don't know. Zach Wilson's. He's right up there. Um but this is the piece that builds your defense, builds that foundational defensive line like we've talked about ad nauseum, and it's the pick that makes your team better. So Christian Barrymore, uh, Barmore, uh, whatever, dude. You're not listening to this podcast if I mispronounce it. I'm sorry. Fucking whatever. Um, so number 26, the Cleveland Browns. Who? Uh, what holes do they have? They're they're just building depth. I mean, the only thing I could even think of was at linebacker, where you know you have guys like Taki Taki. I I don't know how to pronounce their fucking names. I know they got um, Mac Wilson out of Alabama there, who's a young guy. They don't have Jamie Collins anymore. I don't know what they got going on at linebacker. I looked it up a couple days ago when I made this. It didn't stick with me, so that's to tell you as much as you need to know. You have a guy like Zavin Collins here, linebacker out of Tulsa. Monster of a guy who's just going to put the hurt on some people. I think this is just one of those best player available at the only major hole you have left. Fucking grip it and rip it. Why not? You're making your team better. You don't need to pick depth pieces here in the first round you pick starters that's where they could take an impact starter and fit that into their defense and it just so happens to be a good value for them so god fuck the browns for just having the this just fall right into their lap you fucking assholes they're shit like that aren't they yep next up pick number 27 the dirty birds the baltimore ravens in one of those situations where shit's just kind of falling into their lap because that's the way the board is falling. They need help at edge. They lost some guys. They just have been missing that for a couple of years now. Haven't had that impact player. Um, they've had to trade for some. They're gone. They need their own in-house guy, guy that they could hold for up to five years. They're going Aziz Ajulari, edge rusher out of Georgia. Another one of these athletic, high upside guys who could come in and, and just use that athleticism to get after the quarterback. Easy fit for the Baltimore Ravens to get him into their starting lineup day one. 
another easy pick for a bullshit rival. Those fucking assholes. Next up, 28. Five picks remain. The New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees is gone. What the hell does this team do? Oh, my God. I, like, forgot about that until you just said that. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, it's been such a cornerstone piece for our entire lives. Like, that's something you don't question. It's like, oh, yeah, the Saints have Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's Mr. Consistent. He's just always going to be there. And then, oh, shit, no, he's actually gone. Um, Saints, I'll tell you what, they got Mike Thomas. They have Alvin Kamara. Can you name another offensive weapon that they have on that team? Um, uh fucking what's his name the exactly. white guy no the white i was gonna make a joke with that guy they gave a lot of money to oh Taysom hill Taysom hill yeah um but now it's not funny yeah yeah um <laughs> fuck i got nothing exactly they they really don't have much and if you have a guy like uh fucking i guess Jameis winston is the front runner Taysom hill uh, who knows if you're actually going to get the starting nod. Either way, do you want them having two outlets or do you want them to have three outlets? I want them to have three outlets. And you don't know how long those guys are going to stick around. I don't know their contract situations. That's just a t- topic I thought of and didn't do any research in prior. So I apologize. But I have them going Terrence Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. Bring a hometown guy in. Bring in a guy who could work outside because Mike Thomas is going to be in that slot like you know he is. He's getting pushed down boards because of his medical history. A lot of that news came out after I published this. Do I see them going a different direction? Elijah Moore is an option here. Uh, Who knows? You know, Rashad Bateman, if he falls, I think would be a tremendous pick here. Absolutely killer pick for them. But he was gone, so I'm going to have them stick with Terrence Marshall Jr. for the time being. Get some weapons for whatever they end up deciding on at quarterback. Get that offense back in rhythm. So next up, we have pick 29, the Green Bay Packers. This pick is just pure wet dream for me i you know it it worked out taking a wide receiver here that's going to work almost exclusively in the slot you know the guys you know taken ahead of this or the teams taken with picks ahead of this aren't looking for slot receivers that's why i mentioned it with the saints rondale moore matching up with aaron Rodgers, matching up with Devontae adams I just I want to see that kind of electric playmaker worked into that offense. We said Green Bay should have taken a wide receiver last year. They took Jordan Love instead. Jordan Love hasn't seen the field. The Packers have struggled with their wide receiver depth. It's as clear as day that that's what they need to do now. I know we talked about, hey, wait for the second round to get those those wide receivers. But by the time Green Bay comes back in the second round, who knows how many are going to be left. Rondell Moore is an electric playmaker who I think is ready to be a star. Don't necessarily know if he could ever be a true number one for a team, but he would be a superstar number two. 
I just I want to see him matched up with a guy like Aaron Rodgers. That is just a wet dream for me. So love that pick there. Boom. Get him weapons. At some point, you are going to literally kill Devontae Adams. (laughs) Number 30, the Buffalo Bills. I looked through their depth chart. They're another team that just does not have many holes. You could go wide receiver here, but again, I don't know if that's necessarily where they need the most help. I think that... You think Cole Beasley is going to be productive, or um, was he a bit? Was he a big part of their offense last year? I don't think so. I think All it's right. like Isaiah McKenzie. How Isaiah. many? How many catches do you think Cole Beasley had last season? I'm going to go 48. Okay. Cole Beasley had 82 receptions last season. Wow, that's too many. The most yards of his entire career. Oh, with 967. Oh, is that number two for them? Was there anyone between him and Diggs? Let me double check. I can't imagine. With the Buffalo Bills depth chart. Uh, all right. So receiving yards. No, nobody between him and Diggs. After Bees, it was so 1535 for Diggs, then down to 967 for Beasley. So that's a 600 yard difference. And then the next closest to Beasley was Gabriel Davis with 599. So there's a Nice, tidy 380-yard drop-off. Uh, and then below that was John Brown with 485. Sorry, 458. Right, well, so The draft is already set, so there's no changing it now. There's going to be plenty of wide receiver options for him there. Again, I mentioned uh, Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I think he's probably the next man up. Um, Kadarius Tony's going to be here. I mean, there's guys who are going to be into – Dynamic Brown, but he's not a first-round guy for me. Regardless, I have them going edge rusher, helping out that defensive line, getting some pressure off the edge. I went homer pick. I went with a 250-pound edge rusher who can run a 4-3-5 in Jason Oway out of Penn State. The guy, I will, I will be up front. He didn't record a sack this past season. Did not record a sack during the entirety of the 2020 season, but my goodness, did he still end up living in the backfield of opposing teams. And boy, does he have the athleticism to get there and to put himself together and have a tremendous career. Not the best bend. I'll, you know, I'll throw all of his faults out there for the world to see. Doesn't have the best bend, doesn't have the best flexibility at the hips, doesn't have the production his final season at Penn State. But how many fucking edge rushers are built like him and can run a four three five? Excuse oh. me. It's just it's one of those picks where if you're the Buffalo Bills, you have a complete team. You're in the driver's seat of your division. You can afford to make those kinds of risky picks with high boomer bust guys. If he booms for you, you have yourself a Pro Bowl edge rusher. If he busts, your team's not any worse. So go all out for the Bills. Let's see what that defense can do. Now's your window to make that run and hopefully beat off the other team in the AFC, Kansas City Chiefs. Tug them. Two hands at one time. Fucking spit on them if you have to. Someone's getting throated, man. 
Yeah. Mm. Well, Kansas City Chiefs, based off of the Super Bowl, based off of the end of last season, what would you say their biggest need is? Um, assistant coaches. Oh, too dark. Um, oh, too dark for other teams to hire. <laughs> nah. Oh, that was oh I was going with uh, Andy Reid's son, but anyway. Um, Ooh, I was going nah. with Eric Bieniemy. Hey, Chiefs, y'all got problems. Yeah. Um, fuck, offensive line still. So that offensive Patrick line doesn't is get what I was going fault. for. Joshua yeah. Tracy, come on down. Um, well, you know, I, I really intuited that after Patrick Mahomes had to run 400 yards side to side. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in my mind, it's it's a glaring need, especially after they released both of their Pro Bowl all fucking pro bookend tackles and Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. I still don't really get it, but it's a money thing. So I have them going with the next best offensive tackle on my board. There's a couple guys here. There's Eichenberg. Uh, there's a guy out of Michigan whose name I'm forgetting, and I don't care because you went to Michigan. You don't deserve to get mentioned on this podcast, but I have Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle out of Alabama, a guy who's going to do everything at a good enough level. Not one of those guys who's going to be elite in any one area, but isn't going to let you down anywhere else. Kind of that Mitchell Schwartz route. No, just saying, throwing that out there. Um, but they are desperate for offensive tackle, and I think they just need to really just gun it on each of their first three picks and just fucking get as many dart throws out there as possible, hoping to get some day one starters out of them because otherwise uh, this is going to be an ugly, ugly year for Pat Mahomes running around that pocket. Can't wait. Yeah. They got to handicap the rest of the league somewhere. (laughs) You're not wrong. 31 picks down, one to go. The Tampa Bay, Tampa Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. I was going to be a bit, and then I – Got so flustered with my Tampa Brady's Tampa Brady's. Brady Good Buccaneers enough. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterbacked by Tom Brady. There we go. We figured it out. I I didn't know where to go here. I mean, they're bringing back the entirety of that team from the Super Bowl last year, which they won, by the way. Where do you see a a, a real need? Who knows. So I have them really just getting getting cute with it. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, you have them both there. Why not get a guy who's has the chance to be a superstar in Travis Etienne? You know, Ronald Jones has been kind of slowly working his way out of the doghouse after getting picked in the second round and putting up nothing his first year. Leonard Fournette, he's a great power back, would match nicely with ETN, who in all, you know, for all intents and purposes, Travis ETN is just a rich man's Ronald Jones to the extreme. I think you drop him down the depth chart, put ETN in there, and all of a sudden you have an unstoppable offense, and it's just not fucking funny. Um, I genuinely would hate to see this pick. Because for all of the all of the ways to beat Tom Brady, having 
two all pro receivers having a dominant offensive line and also having a home run capable running back anytime he touches the ball what are you going to do how the fuck are you going to stop that team so knives knives yeah just fucking stab tom brady on the field since your worst you know your 53rd man on the roster out there just slice up that achilles and say hey we'll take care of you while you're in prison but shit dude took one for the team thank you but that's the first 32 picks that's the first round i don't expect to get more than i think my max is five of these correct player team combinations or player pick combinations that being said hey it's i'm just fucking excited to have it finally be here so if all of these things were to were to come true all right and this draft panned out exactly have you written up which again we're not saying it it, it's going to be anywhere near it because there's going to be trades that are impossible to predict and these are more so jumping off points about team needs and they really are true predictions outside of maybe those first four to six picks um but if all of these things end up happening who do you think makes out the best um raw talent wise and pick value wise out of who you got there uh value wise the colts getting elijah vera tucker at 21 Micah Parsons at 16 is a huge one for me. Um, Kyle Pitts at 11. Talent-wise, probably unbeatable. Um, Just talent and value. Having essentially the second, third best player in the draft fall to you at 11 is huge. Um, The Dolphins and the Bengals are kind of in great positions to get some value there at the top of the draft. And I think I think the 49ers are probably going to work out best quarterback wise. Just, you know, almost certainly going to have Justin Fields or Trey Lance there, whichever they prefer. Um, And not having to give up much to move up to number three comparatively, uh, I think that'll be good. But I think final answer is Kyle Pitts all around at 11. I think uh, when the draft does come around and and we see where he ends up, I think it's going to be significantly higher than 11. Yeah, which I was I was about to ask, <laughs> you know, like do you, would you do you think you might see someone trade up to get him? And the reality is, there will be trades up. There are always trades up. It is an inevitability. Um, and shit, man, shit's only uh, four days yeah, away. If you want to look at, at, I know I fucking can't wait. If you want to look for potential trade backs, seven, eight, nine, I think is a really great area for for guys to trade up and grab that next uh quarterback that's coming off the board so keep an eye out yeah man we will see um i know this is a relatively quick one um but uh, fuck man i'm like dead and uh, it's a week night well it's a tomorrow's a school day um <laughs> it's a school night so i i need but uh, i got work tomorrow and i gotta go to bed um mm-hmm. so do you have anything before we get out of here corwin uh Nope. All right. Well, um, again, you know, I know we spent the last two days having, or last two episodes with relatively shorter ones so we could talk about this and we haven't gotten too much else in the world of sports. And uh, hey, them's the fucking breaks. This shit happens. 
Um, not a big deal. We'll be back at, at it talking about our usual nonsense and, and um, current events and, and, and ongoings uh, in the next episode and then, you know, draft recap and stuff after that. Um, but yeah, like life got out in the way this week and, you know, suck a dick. I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we're going to call that that. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. We almost never post from there, so you can follow Corwin at Corwin Heller. And you can follow me at Joshua D. Tracy. If you want to send us emails, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And uh, until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.